So this time we're going to be talking about uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, uh, whatever the rest of the name is. Dawn of um, Justice. Dawn of Justice, right? Yeah. And the, the deification of uh, Superman in it. So just because it's interesting. Yeah. So um, I guess it's sort of fitting because it's Easter today that right, we're talking right. about angel and god figures. Right. So. We're recording this on Easter. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. So I, this is like a kind of a disclaimer about me. I've never been a huge follower of the DC universe. Yeah, neither. The either. Batman, the, the, not the comics, not really the movies and the, like the television shows, not really a lot of it. So this is kind of from like an outsider's perspective. Um, so I watched Man of Steel and we just watched, um, the Batman v Superman today. Dawn of Justice. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a struggle to get through. Right. But basically one of the overarching themes of mostly Batman v Superman and um, was the idea that Superman is a god among men. Right. Or or if he is a god among men, how do we deal with that? Right. So I guess like to start from where Clark Kent, the chiseled jaw, is, like, <laughs> is introduced to this world. Um, um, in the first movie... So he grows up in Kansas, essentially, which is in the Bible Belt, and people believe very strongly, and that people are very people are very Christian and religious, which I thought was pretty interesting because that kind of not only changed the way or affected the way that people saw him, but it also affected the way he saw himself because his father from a very young age was like, you're going to help the people of Earth. And there's this conversation in the second, I'm interrupting, but there's this conversation in the second between him and his mother, yes. where she's saying, like, you can be you can be a god to the people, you can be a savior, I don't remember. She just said, like, you don't owe them anything, but, you can well, do whatever you want. It ended with her saying, you don't owe them anything, but it started with her saying, you can be their savior. Yeah. And you can be, essentially, you can be their Jesus. Yes, and those words, like, savior and god and angel, angel like, yes. were used so often in both movies, I think. Um, but yeah, so basically, so the way that Clark was raised kind of affected the way he saw himself and, um, about, he knew he's the savior. He's a powerful God. He's, he has not only the ability, but the expectation, I guess, to bring peace to mankind. It's a little bit the, the Spider-Man principle of with great power comes great responsibility. But because on a massive scale, on a massive scale, because he is so strong, he feels the responsibility to save everyone always. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes very specific people at the cost of other people. Yeah, um, absolutely. And there was like um, in his childhood, there was a flashback in Man of Steel where he saves a school bus full of children, and. Um, he saved them all and his father was kind of mad at him and was like, you know, you can't really reveal yourself like this because basically one of the mothers came to them being like, this was an act of God. And that was exactly what they were afraid of, of that kind of attention. Um, And so his father essentially said to him, like, you really can't do that um, because it'll expose you. And sort of kind of teaching him, you get to choose who lives and who dies. Um, Right, what is worth exposure? Right, exactly. And it was the same thing arounding his own death. Like, his father what, like got swept away by a tornado, and Clark could have saved him, but it would have been at the expense of revealing himself to the other people that were around him. And I think his father was like, no, don't, don't save me. So it was just, like, kind of early on he was given these choices of 
put, being put in the position of choosing who lives and who dies and having that God complex, literal God complex, like is at a young age and, and for the rest of your life is, uh, it affects you in a way. <laughs> right. And then after, after Man of Steel, once there's this massive fight, he stops Zod. Um, we see in the second movie, there has been this deification of yeah. him from the public. There's, there's this statue in Heroes Plaza, which mm-hmm. like, that's, that's very yeah. fitting. And the, all of the way that people talk about him, all of that is very, he is the savior. And there's this one scene, um, there's the fire during Day of the Dead. He saves people from this fire, and then he's in the middle of a crowd of people, and everyone's trying to touch him. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of whenever the Pope goes places, right. and everyone tries to touch the Pope. I always thought it looked like from Game of Thrones, <laughs> when all the slaves were like, Misa, to, right. to Daenerys. But anyway. Right. Or, or um, Jesus, when yes. he, he could cure people by touching them. Yeah. Um, that's about the extent of my Bible knowledge. And so, I mean, that's why, but... It's a similar idea of getting getting something godly yeah. from touching him, and and he is in a in an almost literal sense above man. Yes. He can fly, he can go into space. I mean, he's from space, but even as a even living because he lives a normal life, mm-hmm. but he can also, in a very literal sense, transcend the human plane yeah. of standing on the ground. He goes very quickly in Man of Steel from being like, I'm from here, I'm a part of you, to being like, you people. Right. Very quickly. And I think it had to do with the point where, this also just kind of dawned on me too, so there's a point where he he finds the the um, Kryptonian ship like in an iceberg or something right. like that, um, or a, a glacier, and he activates it in some way so he's now speaking to his father and his real father and so this whole scene where his father i have the quote here his father says you will give the people of earth an idea to strive towards dot 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 in times they will join you in the sun you will help them accomplish wonders and this just basically sounds like you're their prophet right and if you think about it is like his his surrogate mother and father Mary and Joseph, very similar to like the a very biblical type of scene. He's right. raised from humble beginnings. It's Martha and I don't know Kevin Costner's character, <laughs> Martha and Kevin Costner, raising their son, humble beginnings, and then he becomes God. He becomes this prophet character, and it's it, the parallels to the story of the Bible is a little uncanny. Um, and I'm I wonder again. I don't know that much about Superman. Maybe that was their intention when they wrote his character of him to be sort of like this Jesus figure. Um, it's Jonathan. It's Jonathan and Martha. Wow. Yeah. Joseph and Mary. Yeah. What? Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you for looking that up. No. So yeah, so I think that's kind of obvious. And uh, sorry to all the people who are loyal Superman uh, followers. is isn't anything against Superman. No, it's not. But it's basically, just... I'm just saying, I'm sorry it took us so long to realize this. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that moment where he's like, you're going to be their leader. You're going to help them achieve wonders. And right. like that's, well, it's not even being their leader. It's being what they ascribe to be. Strive to be. Strive yeah. to be. Yes. And, and I think that that's a, in some ways a, a necessary distinction because leaders are one of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas he he's is, an, he's an icon. And so um, I think that that's, 
it's an interesting thing that they've done. Um, and we also see this sort of fall of God. That's the whole point of the second, the, yes. the first half or so of yeah. the second movie before. It's really hard to keep track of Before Lex Luthor, I don't know what he does. Anyway. Do we um, know what actually happens in that movie? No, I've I seen could, it twice. Now. I couldn't follow it. <laughs> um, that's not the point. But we can make um, it the point. <laughs> no, we can make this a no, rant we about the second movie. Short. Um, right. So, um, right. That's the first half where he starts as this hero, and then the man spray paints false gods on his statue, and there's all these other things that he's sort of they're staged, but he's sort of being torn away at and. In the end, he, not the end, end, but he puts himself in this self-imposed exile. But um, we see his fall from grace in a literal sense, where they go from thinking of him as the hero to thinking of him as the villain, um, at least to some degree. And, I mean, that's another, they, they spend a lot of time on angel metaphors, and that's another angel metaphor, um, a bit more extended, but... I mean, Lucifer was the morning star, and then he fell from the sky. And and he redeems himself, not Lucifer, um, but uh, Superman redeems himself in the end and then dies. Mm-hmm. Or he redeems himself almost by dying. Mm-hmm. Um, we can put dying in quotes, but... Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of this... The angel imagery. Right, and also, to fall from grace, you have to have grace. You have to have this pedestal. Um, he also has, um, like, the big billowing cape. If those, <laughs> if that's not supposed to be wings, then I don't know what is. Like, right. it's... He can fly. He I know you keep bringing fly. that up, but he can fly. Exactly. Like, he knows that everybody's thinking, well, he can hear people, like, right. like talk. And, like, he and he has x-ray, well, I don't know if he has x-ray vision in he this did. one. He does. He has, like, heat vision, but. But in Man of Steel, like, he did have x-ray right. vision. He could see. He just never uses it the second one. He can control it a little bit better. Right. And so he, <laughs> he can see into people. Right. Um, I mean, again, extending the metaphors, but he can see people's sins. He can see, he can hear the lies they're telling, whatever. He can see all of these things. Um, and and he's a journalist which and who cares about corruption and cares about stopping the bad things. And there's right. a lot of this... There's just a lot of purity associated with him and, um, right. and just, like, the biblical parallels are... I pro- Honestly, if we were to get into the comics, we would probably see a lot more of them. Yes, but I am not familiar with Neither the comics, I. and so let's not. Um... <laughs> But, and there's also, so Lex Luthor has, there's the weird scene in Lex Luthor's father's office with the painting, um, with angels coming down from the sky to fight the demons coming up from hell, and he's talking about how, like, we were wrong, and the demons really came from the sky, blah, blah, blah. And this this painting, um, it doesn't seem to be a real painting, it seems to have probably been commissioned for this, but it basically looks like the Paradise Lost painting, Mm -hmm. and the... What was it? Uh, Christianity's Triumph Over Paganism. That that Crazy was name. the name of an actual painting. Um, all of these paintings of usually the Archangel Michael fighting Lucifer or other demons coming out from hell. And so, and then they, they immediately went from that scene to uh, Bruce Wayne in his in the crypt and a shot of 
was almost definitely the Archangel Michael. It was an angel. And so they weren't particularly subtle no. with their angel metaphors, um, where even if he's not God, he is he is an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, come to save us or damn us, depending on if we're good or bad. And I guess, Which is what the angels do. Right. The angels also... Or, or, like, he could be seen as a fallen angel, like Lucifer, who might, like... Depending on the person's perspective, right? I think, like I think, like Bruce Wayne sees him yes. as evil because he destroyed Metropolis, right. and Bruce Wayne lost a lot of people there. Whatever. And this kind of touches on um, one of our older episodes about oversight, because that was a big trend with this of how do we control Superman, a man who cannot be controlled, and will he willingly submit himself to be? held accountable and be controlled. And they kind of touched on that a little bit in like the Senate hearing. They didn't quite get to it because it got blown up. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like I think people, people saw him as because he is so pure and so good that he can, for a long time, he can do whatever he wants. And it was the people who were like, that's not okay. That were kind of, People said you don't have the like the correct opinion or you don't have the popular opinion. Right. So so, so I thought it was interesting because the problem that uh, the one from Kentucky the senator, the or congresswoman, whatever whoever she was, um, yeah, right. She was the junior senator from Kentucky, June something rather. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her her problem with Superman seemed to be mostly. All of his actions, he's taking state-level actions unilaterally. Mm-hmm. And from a political standpoint, it's actually a really good point. Because yes. you're not allowed to do that. We do. The United States does. Um, we're hypocrites. But that's not, like, from an international law standpoint, you're usually not supposed to do stuff against other sovereign countries unilaterally. But in this case, he's not acting as a state. And so the question is, who is he acting as, and what authority does he have to act? And it is a good right point. Well, this kind of goes, again, back to a later discussion, how we kind of categorize as the Avengers as a potentially, like, a mercenary group. Right. And if we think of him in the same way mm-hmm. of Superman acting almost as a mercenary attached to no one, but carrying out these large-scale missions unilaterally, that's not a good thing. Um, right. And then, but then at the end, they give him a military funeral. They give him an American military funeral. I loved that because their whole thing was, he's not really American. Right. He's not really one of us. And then they were like, once he once he was the hero again, he was very American. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it makes me think of um, the quote from Federalist Papers 51, I think. What's this? Um so from from the Federalist Papers. Oh, okay. James Federalist Madison, Papers. Yes, it's my New Jersey accent. Okay. <laughs> um, and because there's the line of uh, if something like if men were angels, then government wouldn't be necessary. There's I mean, yeah. No, that sounds about right. Yeah. And this is this is something that I find really interesting because he is the prime example of like he's an angel in the moral sense. But on the other hand, whose moral sense? So even even if you have the prime good, mm-hmm. do you still need oversight? Because we 
our good, his good, is not necessarily someone else's good. So, on one hand, he's saving people from a burning building. It's hard to argue that that's bad. Right. But he he stops a drone strike on a terrorist camp to save his girlfriend. Is that... That becomes a little bit more complicated. Right. Who decides what's an acceptable thing to stop? The thing is, he has... If you only stop civilian deaths, okay. Yeah. But once you take a step past that, you're acting in one nation's interest or another. Mm -hmm. And then, should he be governed by that nation? And, And... he grew up in the Bible Belt. He grew up with human biases and human opinions. And so are his values Christian values? Are they American values? Are they... Wh- what values are they? Mm-hmm. And so if he thinks certain views are wrong, does he have a right to stop them? If he thinks sequestering women is wrong, does he have a right to take them out of that situation when in that situation that may be considered the moral right. Mm -hmm. What is, what right does he have to make any choices beyond saving civilians civilians from a burning building, stopping a plane from going down? Like there are, there are what could be argued absolute rights, stopping the senseless death of civilians. I would say probably most people would argue that, there's not a moral problem or question with that. Right, right. But when you get into most more complicated actions are political yeah. actions. When you, yeah. And I think they mentioned that in the whole montage of media clips um, right. in Batman v Superman. They said, like, his actions are becoming political. and right. Or they've always been political. But uh, because he's acting on an international scale, that's just what they are. And whether or not he intends that is... Doesn't it doesn't matter. It does, it's besides the point because as soon as he like acts outside of the U.S. but like kind of in the U.S.'s interest, right? It's political, right? Um, and I mean, to bring it to the real world for a mm-hmm. second, Trump can say we bombed that airbase because they were gassing civilians, but that is a political act. It's mm-hmm. not just an act to save civilians, mm-hmm. and so. Um, and we, another thing that we talked about while we were watching it was he's a, he's an attractive white man from the Bible Belt. Yeah. He is ostensibly Christian. Yes. He is ostensibly straight. Yeah. He's able-bodied. He is... Well-spoken. He's well-spoken. He's educated. educated yeah. Right. He, he has a relatively uncontroversial job in that it's... It's legal. It's mm-hmm. um, he he doesn't have a criminal past. He, well, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, right. He he is the pinnacle. If you have male white straight male whiteness, yeah. as a pinnacle, would he have been deified if he was a black man? Or if he was an Asian woman, mm-hmm. would he would he have been deified if he had disfigurations? If he had, if he was queer? If mm-hmm. he was trans? It, all of these things 
I'm going to say no. Right. Right. <laughs> but, it was mostly a rhetorical yes, question. I know. But it's, um... Yeah, exactly. And also, they kind of frame him... Like, I understand he had these powers and he was different, and... I don't know. It just, like, it seems kind of, like... At least, like, when he was older, he isolated himself, right. and he could have fit in. I, get, I don't know. Right. There, there's this... There's this idea that he would have been ostracized for being what he was. But he was functional. Like he had he held down some jobs. I think I think his his intention was to find out more about his life and that was why right. he went on this like journey. But if he didn't do that, if he said I'm perfectly fine with not knowing, like and and right. having these abilities, but kind of living my life in with my mother in Kansas, he could have done that. But right. if everyone thought that he was just a little faster than a normal person, yeah. a little stronger and could could hear really well and could stop stuff earlier, mm-hmm. there would have been he wouldn't have been a freak. Yeah. No one no one looks at the the all American white bread attractive guy from Kansas mm-hmm. who's just uh, better than everyone else yeah. and ostracizes them. Yeah. And so I think that there's this I don't want to say, I mean, there's the obvious, like, if he showed all of his alienness, then there would have been all of this rigmarole, whatever. But, like, he, he wasn't at, he wasn't threatened mm-hmm. by showing a little bit of weirdness. He, he was beat up as a kid. He was bullied as a kid. Yeah. But the thing is, once he, he was... If people knew he was a bit strong and a bit fast, mm-hmm. that wouldn't necessarily have been yeah. a threat. And so I, I think that there's this, I, I don't know, I, I think that there's this feeling of, like, anyone different in any way is not accepted. And I think that it kind of misses the point of, yeah. there are things that make you safe. Yeah. Like, being a buff, attractive white guy. Yeah. Who's also straight and well spoken, mm-hmm. and that well, and while he might not have been able to fit in as a kid because he was like learning how to control his powers, that definitely takes but like how he's able to dis- disguise himself right. like later on in life, and how he can literally just put on glasses and people will not question, not him. question, right? Like like you said, like oh, this guy in my office who wears glasses looks vaguely like Superman, but it can't be him because right. no one's gonna yeah. no one's gonna question. I just feel like there's this. I mean, and this is a broader thing. Right. Like, the, going to Marvel for a second, when when they were casting the new Superman, and, mm-hmm. and not Superman, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and a lot of people really wanted them to not cast a white guy. Or, yeah, at the very least, to make him because not com- straight. Because in the comics, isn't the new, isn't the current Spider-Man... Um, Miles Morales. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, so there's that part, and then there's also... The whole basis of Spider-Man was that he he was the like nerd who who did science things and code and whatever, and so like he was ostracized because of or he was an outcast because of that. But that's a point of view that no longer exists. There is like that was more of a like nine eighties nineties. But there's no like, value in being right, able to do this. Right, things, people yeah. don't think that guy does coding, so they're automatically we're gonna beat them up. Right, exactly. and so. Being an outsider takes different forms, and so I think that there's this—I I don't want to say persecution complex, but there's this feeling of like anyone can be an outsider if they're just a little different. And and I think well, that I don't know. I, I think I think there is value in that, but I get what you mean. I think like 
that, I'm not articulating it well. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I like honestly, anyone can made to, can made to be or can be made, made yeah yeah to be to feel like an outsider. Mm-hmm. I'm jumbling up my words, but I think I get what you mean that like we're missing the point that the people who are ostracized the most um, don't look like him. Don't look like him. They look like like mo- the people who are ostracized the most are people of color who are LGBTQIA who are women who are of a minority religion like it's it, who are disabled. It's it's all these things and it's not the superheroes that we see. I like for instance, well like Kamala Khan like right. she would be a representation of someone who would actually feel ostracized in the world we live in today. Right, right. Him being, like, all of his exile is self-imposed. And I feel like there's, so it's sometimes, I don't know, portrayed or it, made to feel like the world is forcing this on him. Right. And, and that's, it's, it's yeah. not. No. He's making the decision himself. To be separate. And trying to connect it back to the deification, because we kind of got off topic right. a little bit. But if we compare, if we want to compare him to Jesus, uh, well, I don't no, know. So just like, back from the dead, just, by the way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and so. Sorry, continue. I think, like, he has all this power. And, like you said, he's strong. He can defend himself. He doesn't have to feel ostracized. Like, I, I think he has... I don't know. He like he has all this power. He doesn't. Mm. He's ostracized in a different way, right? But not necessarily in a very bad way, right? He's distant. I would say he's distant, right? More than ostracized. Um, you don't have statues made of you when you're yeah. ostracized. And also, on the other hand, he could have made himself more of a god if he had decided he wanted more power, he could have very easily taken it. Um, And so it is, it is a sign of his morality that he didn't tell everyone to worship him or that he didn't tell everyone to follow his version of morality. Um, It's still a tricky line um, of how much is he imposing his moral views on other people. Mm -hmm. But um, it is, I mean, it's because he's the good guy and everyone knows good people don't want power. That's always that's always a thing. It's always the narrative. Right. Um, that good people only want power to do, to help others, not for themselves. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not be true in real life, but that's mm-hmm. the narrative. Um, but he's an interesting... I, I know, I don't know, you don't seem to be a huge fan of... He's fine. Yeah. Like I said, I like honest. I wasn't a huge fan of DC before. I'm not now. Yeah. Even after analyzing, like I probably Wonder Woman. I'm really excited for her movie. Yeah. Um, she was by far the the redeeming quality of Batman v Superman. Because, I could also just like stare at her for like yeah, she's many hours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, her face is so symmetrical. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. But no, it, I like I said, I'm indifferent but I do appreciate looking into this character and now realizing that he might be Jesus Christ like in comic book form um so we were gonna initially gonna we were gonna try to read um Superman and the was it Red Sun yes it's still sitting on the table which is essentially what would happen if um Superman had landed in uh communist 
or so in, the Soviet, Soviet in the Soviet Union versus Kansas right. and what kind of figure he would become then. So that would be an interesting way of looking at it, like see if they still maintain that like Jesus Christ figure. I imagine not. Um, but Presumably not considering that right. Soviet Union was not particularly religious. Exactly. But so um, we were if we ever actually get to if that. If we get to that, I think that would be interesting to read. And I think I, I think I appreciate Superman as a character. Um, not so, but I'm not like entertained. I guess. No. I'm going to stick with my Marvel. <laughs> yeah, he's a little too goody two shoes for me. He's a little like Captain America, and I'm not a huge fan of Captain America, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, this is kind of a shorter one since the last one was so, so long. But if you guys have any questions, concerns, if you want to correct us on any Superman lore, do let us know. You can find us at popculturedpodcast.wordpress.com. Also find us on Tumblr at pop-cultured-podcast. Next time we'll be looking at Star Trek and the Prime Directive. Thanks for listening, and this has been Pop Cultured.